Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we're reading Mark 11, verses 27 to 33, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 11, verses 27 to 33. And they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things, or who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say, from heaven, he will say, Why then do you not believe him? But, shall we say, from man, they were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. This is the word of the Lord. Let us observe in these verses how much spiritual blindness may be in the hearts of those who hold high ecclesiastical office. We see the chief priests and the scribes and the elders coming to our Lord Jesus and raising difficulties and objections in the way of his work. These men, we know, were the accredited teachers and rulers of the Jewish church. They were regarded by the Jews as the fountain and springhead of religious knowledge. They were, most of them, regularly ordained to the position they held, and could trace their orders by regular descent from Aaron. And yet we find these very men, at the time that they ought to have been instructors of others, full of prejudice against the truth and bitter enemies of the Messiah. These things are written to show Christians that they must be aware of depending too much on ordained men. They must not look up to ministers as popes or regard them as infallible, The orders of no church can confer infallibility, whether they be Episcopal, Presbyterian, or Independent. Bishops, priests, and deacons, at their best, are only flesh and blood and may err, both in doctrine and practice, as well as the chief priests and elders of the Jews. Their acts and teaching must always be tested by the word of God. They must be followed so far as they follow scripture and no further. There is only one priest and bishop of souls who makes no mistakes. That one is the Lord Jesus Christ. In him alone is no weakness, no failure, no shadow of infirmity. Let us learn to lean more entirely on him. Let us call no man father on earth, Matthew 23, 9. So doing, we shall never be disappointed. Let us observe in the second place, How envy and unbelief make men throw discredit on the commission of those who work for God. These chief priests and elders could not deny the reality of the Lord's miracles of mercy. They could not say that his teaching was contrary to Holy Scripture or that his life was sinful. What then did they do? They attacked his claim to attention and demanded his authority. By what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? There can be no doubt whatever that, as a general principle, all who undertake to teach others should be regularly appointed to the work. 
Paul himself declares that this was the case with our Lord in the matter of the priestly office. No man takes this honor upon himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Hebrews 5.4 And even now, when the office of the sacrificing priest no longer exists, the words of the 23rd article of the Church of England are wise and scriptural. Quote, it is not lawful for any man to take upon him the office of public teaching or administering the sacraments in the congregation before he be lawfully called and sent to execute the same. End quote. But it is one thing to maintain the lawfulness of an outward call to minister in sacred things, and quite another to assert that it is the one thing needful without which no work for God can be done. This is the point on which the Jews evidently erred in the time of our Lord's earthly ministry, and on which many have unhappily followed them down to the present age. Let us beware of this narrow spirit, and especially in these last ages of the world. Unquestionably, we must not undervalue order and discipline in the church. It is just as valuable there as it is in any army. But we must not suppose that God is absolutely tied to the use of ordained men. We must not forget that there may be an inward call of the Holy Spirit without any outward call of man, no less than outward call of man without any inward call of the Holy Spirit. The first question after all this is, Is a man for Christ or against him? What does he teach? How does he live? Is he doing good? If questions like these can be answered satisfactorily, let us thank God and be content. We must remember that a physician is useless, however high his degree in diploma, if he cannot cure diseases, and a soldier useless, however well-dressed and drilled, if he will not face the enemy in the day of battle. The best doctor is the man who can cure, and the best soldier the man who can fight. Let us observe in the last place what dishonesty and equivocation unbelievers may be led into by prejudice against the truth. The chief priests and elders dared not answer our Lord's question about Don's baptism. They dared not say it was of men because they feared the people. They dared not confess that it was of heaven because they saw our Lord would say, Why did you not believe him? He testified plainly of me. What then did they do? They told a direct lie. They said, we do not know. It is a melancholy fact that dishonesty like this is far from being uncommon amongst unconverted people. There are thousands who evade appeals to their conscience by answers which are not true. When pressed to attend to their souls, they say things which they know are not correct. They love the world and their own way, and like our Lord's enemies are determined not to give them up, but like them also are ashamed to say the truth. And so they answer exhortations to repentance and decision by false excuses. One man pretends that he cannot understand the doctrines of the gospel. Another assures as that he really tries to serve God, but makes no progress. A third declares that he has every wish to serve Christ, but has no time. All these are often nothing better than miserable equivocations. As a general rule, they are as worthless as the chief priest's answer, we do not know. The plain truth is that we ought to be very slow to give credit to the unconverted man's professed reasons for not serving Christ. We may be tolerably sure that when he says, I cannot, 
The real meaning of his heart is, I will not. A really honest spirit in religious matters is a mighty blessing. Once let a man be willing to live up to his light and act up to his knowledge, and he will soon know the doctrine of Christ and come out from the world. John 7.17 The ruin of thousands is simply this, that they deal dishonestly with their own souls. They allege pretended difficulties as the cause for their not serving Christ, while in reality they love darkness rather than light and have no honest desire to change. John 3.19 That is the end of Rao's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we have just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, have you ever been disappointed with a leader? If so, how disappointed? Does it show a leaning more on a leader than on Christ himself? Second, although it can be a valuable thing, do we find confidence in the credentials and degrees a person has earned more than the evidence of fruit and their usefulness toward others? And third, do we know of this mighty blessing of an honest spirit in religious matters? Do we make things sound better than they really are when it benefits us?